Welcome to Fantasy Focus Football. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. Yeah. It is Sunday, December 12th, 11th, Monday, December 12th. I've got December 12th. Yeah. So, so that's Monday. So we're talking Monday, on so the 11th. It's today, Monday for us I'm here. Tired. It's probably Monday for you guys wherever you're at. Our friend Liz Loza is in California. Liz, I think it's a lot warmer where you are than where it is that field and I are at. We're getting snow Brrr. right now. <laughs> Snow? No, actually, I was telling Field this morning on FF Now that it is rainy and chilly, like legit rainy and chilly in Los Angeles. It was like I, I was communing with the East Coast having no longer been there this mm. week. I, I felt like I was together with you. Yeah, I think it dropped to 57 in L.A. today, Daniel. Oh, so certainly we're keeping tough. our, you know, our, our, oh. our sending our, our warmest <laughs> wishes quite literally to Liz Loza, who will somehow find a way. I think it was 12 degrees when I woke up this morning. It was awful. Why do we do oh, this God. to ourselves? Never mind. Different topic for a different podcast. Football? You know what? Football. We are Wait. one game away mm. From the playoffs being here, field playoffs, 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 playoffs. Yeah, this is the concluding week of the fantasy football regular season, which means Monday Night Football, Patriots and Cardinals is going to be the game that decides whatever outstanding matchups are yet to be decided. Yep. And when you said playoffs, Daniel, and only being one game away, I thought you were insinuating the fact that. As of last check, the Detroit Lions well, are just one game back in the win column in the NFC playoff picture. What do I have to say about that? Well, plenty. I've got to tell you, but I'm going to save a lot of it. I'm okay. going to save a lot of it. We've got some, some things to get right. into here today, but unbelievably pumped with the way that this Detroit Lions team has played. And I don't think it's going to go anywhere, Field. I think they're going to keep playing so on the stretch. Yeah. They're, they, they, I mean, they are just, they are their head coach right now. The That's signature right. Dan Campbell bravado and confidence and swagger and empathy for his players that showed up during hard knocks is starting to show up on the field they just play so damn tough and they play for each other it's like this family that loves to play ball i mean it just it's very fun it's to watch awesome. you'll talk about it more it's later awesome. uh unfortunately though not to be the bear bad news but we have a handful of, of injuries that we're going to start the show with daniel uh because Wait, it, were you the bear of bad news the whole time yes yeah, sorry are you kidding me? Yeah, All yeah, five yeah. years, and yeah. you were the bear of bad news, and yeah, I had you no idea tell. about you it? you couldn't tell. I still have the costume, as a matter of Stop fact. Stop it. Yeah, no, yeah. you don't. I'm going to get a tattoo of it. Oh, wait, you already so have that I tattoo. Have that. <laughs> yeah, never mind. I'll let you keep that tattoo to yourself. <laughs> Anyways, injuries, shall we? Let's do some injuries. Yeah, let's days. rip through them, because we don't have a full, uh, we don't have all the information on all these injuries. So Not what yet. we're going to do is pass along the injuries that we are aware of right now, and what we know as of 7.36 Eastern Time on Sunday night. Uh, and we'll push forward throughout the week and add more context to them. But the, probably the biggest injury was Debo Samuel of the 49ers, who fumbled on a play, looked like it was a knee injury. It was later classified by the 49ers as an ankle injury. He missed the rest of the game. Initial reporting suggests it's not believed to be serious. The big question here, though, is that we've got four weeks left in the regular season and potentially less in the fantasy football season of yours. So whether we see Debo before your season is over is TBD. We'll discuss more of this Fortnite's offense throughout the week. T Higgins, this was a weird one for the yeah, Bengals. It was. One snap played and had a hamstring injury. And after the game, Zach Taylor basically said like, didn't look good during warmups, like didn't really want to have him out there, but he was active and was off the injury report on Friday. I know Stefania has a lot of passionate thoughts on that, but if you started to against today, I'm sorry. Like, you got screwed. 
you, you what do you if Tia can play, you're supposed to play him. Yep. And he has a hamstring injury, which we'll keep an eye on. Tyler Boyd has a hand injury. He left the game, so it became the Jamar Chase show, which is usually a pretty good thing. We'll talk about that at some point, I'm sure. Uh, Damian Pierce had an ankle injury for the uh, Texans, who played incredibly frisky today. Yep. Uh, he had 22 rushes for 78 yards and a touchdown before he got hurt, but he is out. Russell Wilson to the concussion protocol. Uh, it was a nasty hit. Uh, it looked right away when he fell down. He fell down hard. You kind of knew where things were headed. He left the game late for the Broncos, having his best game, if not this season, certainly uh, one of the best games this season. Kenny Pickett also left because of the concussion protocol. So uh, a lot of injuries today, Daniel, a couple of quarterbacks. So even though they haven't been fantasy stars, there is at least some notable tie-ins to them for other players whose fantasy value could be impacted one way or the other. There absolutely is. We will have more from Stefania on our Tuesday show heading into week 14 now. We are through bye weeks. Yeah. We have no more bye weeks, so we're talking about having a full slate of players outside of injuries going yep. forward. Yes. So these will all be big for us to keep an eye on. How about another player that we've been keeping an eye on all year, Field Yates? And I don't have a whole lot to add other than just let's talk about how good at football Justin Jefferson is. Yeah, at this point of the season, Daniel, like not everything can be a takeaway. Like, oh, he did this, therefore he is this going forward. Sometimes it's just like, thank you, right? If you needed to win your matchup today to either clinch a certain seed in your playoffs yep. or you just needed to win to get into the playoffs, yeah. Justin Jefferson helped you because he didn't find the end zone and he had 33.3 fantasy points. He went off a career-high 223, I think it might have been 213, but uh, 223 catches. I'm sorry. Wow. That'd be a lot. Hold on. <laughs> Not that many catches. I think it was 123. No, okay. it was 11 catches for 223 yards for Justin Jefferson. Just ridiculousness. Another week where he is at or near the very top of the wide receiver board. He's been remarkable all season. Uh, and the Vikings, because of their defense, Daniel, who has now allowed over the past three games, Mac Jones, yep. Mike White, and yep. Jared Goff to go off the Vikings are going to throw it every single week. Justin Jefferson is almost always going to have the game script that you love. Four straight weeks that Vikings defense has allowed over 400 yards of total It's a franchise offense. record. Yeah. And that's awful. That's not good. That is not good at all. Yeah. But I do want to point out one thing that is good, and that's Liz Loza. Because, Liz, you have a props column that you always throw out there for people. And you had Adam Thielen on that list. And I think that definitely hit here this week. Well, actually, the genesis of it began, or I should say the, the, the catalyst for it began uh, when I was sitting in studio and we were talking about how you look at the line sometime, you look at the over-under, and if there's a projection with a lot of points, then maybe you want to take pieces or lean on pieces in those matchups. Um, and we talked about Detroit and Minnesota going head-to-head, -head, and I said, you know what? I think I might mess with an Adam Thielen prop, a receptions prop. And then when one came out at four and a half, I said, I'm going to hammer the over on this because to the point that Field just made, this Vikings defense is giving up bushels of yards, which means, yes, Justin Jefferson's going to go off. But even with the addition of TJ Hawkinson, there is going to be plenty of targets to go around. Uh, Adam Thielen has cleared at least seven targets in 10 of his last 12 games. He continues to see a ton of volume. Now, I would exercise caution before just setting and forgetting him for week 15 because the Minnesota Vikings will be facing the Indianapolis Colts, and I am guessing that the over-under on that effort not going to be as high as it was this week. Probably not as high this week. It was a very high over-under. This is part of why we like this game so much between the Lions and the Vikings. Yeah. One thing I do want to note really quickly. Yeah. 
We said, obviously, you got to start Dalvin Cook this week, but I just want to take a little time to talk Victory about how buddy. good my Lions defense, their run defense is so good. Five straight weeks, I said, coming into this game, they have kept opposing running backs under 10 fantasy points. This week, Dalvin Cook, again, held under 10 fantasy points, and it's not like he didn't get a ton of usage. Yeah. Oh, you got tons. 15 carries, 15 carries, 16 carries for 26 yards. The best part was, though? It nearly was six points more. I know. And here's the reason why. If you're watching the game, you know this play already. But Dalvin Cook fumbled near the goal line for the Vikings. And the best part was it wasn't even supposed to be a run. Mm -hmm. They were setting up a pop pass, which you've seen a lot of recently. Where The the running back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The running back looks like he's going to take a pitch or a handoff and try to run in for a touchdown. And then right before he gets to the line of scrimmage, he gathers himself and throws the ball to a wide open tight end who was wide open, he by the way. Wide open, yes. And Cook, it was like he overthought it and he yeah. fumbled it. And yep. so you lose two points for the fumble. You would have gained four points for a wide open touchdown pass. That's going to swing some Huge matchups. But swing. you're right, Daniel. Be careful with your Lions defense uh, facing opposing running backs. They draw the Jets next week. So Zonovan Knight, we'll talk more about, yes, we could will. be in for a tougher day. But let's talk about Jared Goff, Daniel, because. All throughout the week. I mean, Mike and I clashed on this. I think kind of all made out okay, right? Like, yeah. Uh, but I, I kept banging the gavel, and so did you. Like, Jared Goff is going to go off today. He's playing at home. He's much better indoors. And the Vikings defense is straight up putrid. They have a negative point differential, and they're 10-3. and three. Yes. They're all bad defense. Which is crazy. They're really bad on defense. Really bad. And you're looking at Jared Goff this week being a streamer to be able to help you get to a certain spot, right? This is what streaming options are all about. This matchup was perfect. It was for perfect. Jared Goff. And he cashed in. He was great. He cashed in. Now, I want to say really quickly. I don't think that I'm trusting Jared Goff next week when they go to the Jets. They play on the road, and they are outdoors. However, this week, I was all in on Jared Goff, and I think that he has helped revitalize this offense in part because of the pass catchers. We saw DJ Chark come on as well. He's been good the past couple weeks. Is he someone here outside of bye weeks? And Liz, I hear you want to jump in on this. Come on, take it. Outside of bye weeks, do you see DJ Chark as being someone that you can use in fantasy now that we've reached sort of the playoff part of our schedules? No, you're right that he is not an everyday. Like, I don't think every anybody outside of Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs and some of these more elite players are set it and forget it players. This is the playoffs. You're going to have to be a little bit judicious when you set your, your lineups. You have to look at matchups. If there's not enough volume for Chark, it's not going to matter. So this situation, though, was one that was primed for a breakout. I ranked him inside my top 45, which wasn't even high enough, you know? So I think you have to look at these things. You make a great point about the Jets' defense upcoming. I also just want to say, when you look at Jared Goff, sometimes we get a little bit, I don't know, hung up on statistics and numbers and algorithms in fantasy. If you think about the way that he performed and succeeded in Los Angeles, he had elite playmakers, a really good slot safety valve who was great after the catch, and an elite offensive line. Well, what does he have right now in Detroit? That same uh, pattern for him, that same blueprint is working very well. He is still going to be matchup dependent, But when the planets align, they align big. Yeah, they really do. And honestly, all of these wide receivers, it was a down week for Amon Ross and Brown, but that's just because Jared Goff spread the ball around to everybody, including Panay Sewell. Hilarious. But you know, you you know, things are going good when Panay Sewell has a third down catch to basically seal the game. Yep. And so I think the takeaway, because there are some things that do bring about a takeaway, is that for the rest of this season, if you have been playing the streaming game, it's going to require multiple roster spots. Yeah. But Jared Goff is certainly yeah. an ideal streamer in certain spots. And again, two things have to line. And I know this sounds 
Indoors. Yes. He's just a much better indoors quarterback. It's I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it's because he's from California and played his first few years with the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know. He's better indoors. Okay? Just look at the splits and, and you'll then, see yeah. that. And then, obvious. of course, obviously the matchup matters too. Next week yeah. is kind of the opposite. You've got the Jets on the road. Jets, very stingy defense. I'm avoiding Jared Goff, but if you are playing the streaming game and I'm in a league where I am playing the streaming game and I started Jared Goff, my only other, my only other option uh, was actually Mike White. Uh, mm. I guess I, I have Tom Brady too, but I wasn't touching him with the yeah. 49ers. And the gamble paid off today. Well, I guess it was, it was a calculated decision. It worked out well. Let's get to the running backs quickly, though, because uh, earlier in the week, I, you know, as we had the conversation about the under shift, I was like, Daniel, the thi- like, we're all like, we think we're confident for this week, but we are bracing for the possibility of things looking like they did in the past as well. Yeah. And DeAndre Swift, who, by the way, after a week off the injury report, was back on the injury report. Played just 23 snaps today. He played two more than Justin Jackson. He played three fewer than Jamal Williams. The lesson, Daniel, is that we really can't too, get too far ahead of ourselves with this Lions backfield. Uh, if you're going to guess, it's just basically guessing right. If you guess right on Jamal Williams, it's the game in which he scores at least one touchdown, which yep. he's been doing all season, seems yep. like. Uh, and today, he had no touchdowns. And as a result, he also had no catches. So he had a very bad fantasy game. Um, a total of 3.7 fantasy points. DeAndre Swift, if you're going to guess right, it's the day that he is featured or finds the end zone. Neither happened today. He had just 6.9 fantasy points. So while uh, there's plenty of talent for DeAndre Swift, one game should not have been enough to persuade us that he was all the way back. Yeah, and I think part of this is being able to to understand that this Detroit Lions team, as much as DeAndre Swift is clear in a way, the the most athletic and has the, you know, of everything, He's he has more talent. juice than everybody, yeah. right? They still want to use all of like every single running back that they have. Freaking Justin Jackson got in the end zone today. Daniel, right now, and you can say this better than anybody, we can't fault the Lions for anything they're doing offensively. They're worried working. about this winning not, football games. Yeah, and it's working. This is not other offenses who are lamenting various things that they are or are not doing, uh, and they're not succeeding. Like This is uh, very clearly a formula that is working in Detroit. So far yep. be it for us to say, hey, more of this, more of that. They keep scoring 25-plus points every time they roll out of bed on Sunday morning. I will just say this to end this out. If Jared Goff is a streamer when he is indoors or plays schedule. at home, then I'm going to say the same thing about DJ Chark next week. DJ Chark not going to be a streamer for me on the road against the Jets, likely with Jared Goff under center. But somebody that I would keep an eye on as you need people potentially down the stretch. I mean, week 17, though, which could be championship week, depending on your settings. You've got the Lions at home Chicago. to the Bears. Yeah. So, like, if you're playing the streaming game and you can afford to roster him for the next couple of weeks, I don't, again, I'm not playing him next week. We'll get to that more later. But Jared Goff could be a very valuable week 17 quarterback. Liz, let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. There was question Trevor marks leading into Trevor Lawrence. Is he going to play or not this yeah, weekend? He, he came in. He played pretty stinking great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 368 passing yards, three touchdowns. He also rushed for seven yards and another score. I have, you know, Trevor Lawrence has been so up and down. Like, there are moments that he flashes, and we see this generational talent that was promised, right, as the number one overall pick. And then he does something like he does last week where he's just flat. And I know he got banged up and his leg got folded up in that game, but it always seems to be a bit of a roller coaster. Maybe that's part of being a young quarterback and he has a new head coach and a young team and all that. But if you played him this week, then you're very happy you did because he had his best game of the season. He has now completed 71% of his passes in four of his last five games. So given that sample size, the arrow seems to be pointing up on 
Lawrence, who's also finding not just his groove, but finding the players that help lift him. Again, want to uh, issue a little warning of caution, though, because next week he's facing the Cowboys. And, well, we know that that's probably a stiff matchup, despite what happened today. Yeah, this week. Against Houston. Yeah, you, I'm you, already excited for that game. Look huh? at what he did this week. And, like, so... It's Christian Kirk was fine, nothing special, but Zay Jones really looked great. Yeah. And more than Zay Jones, Evan Ingram just balled out with a game of his life here. Oh my God. I mean, this is just classic, though. I guess classic Evan Ingram, but more importantly, it's classic tight end, right? Mm -hmm. So Evan Ingram, first round pick for a reason several years ago. The guy is a super talented athletic freak. He got a $10 million contract this offseason. Like, he is a very, very capable player consistency has bothered him and injuries have bothered him throughout his career it's not that he had been terrible throughout the season he'd been okay but nowhere close to what he did today when he had 11 catches yeah. for 162 yards and two receiving touchdowns good for 39.2 fantasy points and how about this Mike Clay notes that after this performance, he's now the fourth highest scoring tight end of the season oh my gosh so that's why this is typical tight ends is that like I have everything in the league and I benched him I guess I didn't bench him. I played Dalton Schultz over him. You know why? Because Dalton Schultz had been catching passes so far this season. But this is the wonders of fantasy football. You know, I'd love to tell you that, like, this means Evan Ingram has to be started every single week going forward. It doesn't guarantee that. But as you're evaluating your tight end options, if you are in a rut right now, at least he offers an athletic profile if he is still available in your league and he is in 55% of leagues. I think that's where I'm at as well. And and with everything that Liz said, the idea that Evan Ingram was so involved is just as much about Trevor Lawrence being able to like take the next step, being yeah. able to do the next thing with this offense, get multiple people involved. One of the people that I was unfortunately disappointed though in not getting involved was Travis Etienne. Yeah. In a game in which... Trevor Lawrence throws for 368 passing yards. I would have thought that Travis Etienne would be a little bit more involved, but he wasn't. No, and he, does, he doesn't catch passes. No, he doesn't. It's weird because for, that was what he does as well. Like I know. Into college. That's, and, and again, I'm not blaming them. They're doing a great job on offense of late, uh, and they had a monster day today, Daniel, but he hasn't been catching passes at all recently. He has not had more than three targets in a game since week targets, seven. Not even catches targets. Week that's, seven, that's crazy. Four straight games under 10.3 fantasy points. It has been really tough sledding. Guess who they get next week after having four straight games yeah. under 10.3 fantasy right? points? Yeah. It's the Cowboys. Yeah, so a tough matchup as uh, the Cowboys have been one of the stingiest defenses to opposing running backs but this season. still super excited to watch this game because I think there's a lot to be excited about with these Jaguars. There's some drama there. Some drama for sure. Let's go to the Ravens, who got J.K. Dobbins back, and I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to everybody out there who heard anything. And I didn't say a whole lot about J.K. Dobbins. Most of us And that's didn't. kind of the point, yeah. right? Is that like he came back and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, the last time he came back from his first injury, they sort of slow played him. Mm -hmm. Didn't get a ton of burn. He was fine. Not really catching any passes. What if he gets like... 10 carries and rushes for like 57 yards today and has no target. By the way, there's like three or four running backs. Yeah, and there's Gus Edwards like and Kenyon Tyler Huntley's going to run and the football. Yeah, and then also... Was it Tyler? You know, Tyler Huntley. Uh, Tyler, yeah, yes, it was Tyler Huntley. Okay. But anyways, he goes off. 15 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. 18 fantasy points because again, he had zero targets. So at least we're right on that part. Yes. And I'll just say this. It's going to be hard to replicate, uh, you know, 120 yards on 15 carries plus a touchdown in any given week, that's just a tough thing for any running back to do. But what I will say, J.K. Dobbins looked much more explosive than the first time when he came back mm -hmm. earlier on this season. He had a long run that nearly went for a touchdown where he kind of like ran out of gas. And you're like, okay, like he's not full Voltron J.K. Dobbins, 
but he looked better, and I suspect that his role will only continue to increase going forward. Meanwhile, Tyler Huntley got hurt for the Ravens. Concussion protocol, I believe. Um, Yes, he had a concussion, and he was ruled out for the game, which brought aboard Anthony Brown, brought it from the practice squad yesterday, so Anthony Brown took over for the rest of the game. John Harbaugh insinuated after the game that Tyler Huntley would be back next week, but dude... I miss Mark Andrews, man. Yeah. And I like this is the stickiest situation in fantasy football. When you have a guy who's so good and plays at a spot where you have to play him, and it's like, dude, Mark Andrews had two catches for 17 yards. How about this? Over his past four games, 12.3, 11, 9.4, and 3.7. That's going the wrong way, Field. Going the wrong way, dude. And like, you, you know, I was. I was team Kelsey before the season, but it wasn't like I was team Kelsey over team Andrews thinking that like Mark Andrews would have games where he has 3.7 fantasy points, right? Like I thought Mark Andrews might have like, I don't know, 80% of whatever Travis Kelsey offers you. Not the case. It just, I don't know what exactly it is, but this passing off is just one of the least efficient in all of the NFL. You can't do anything about it though. Really frustrating. You really can't do anything about it. Just a note, by the way, on, on JK Dobbins is like, 26 snaps today, like only five more than, than Gus Edwards. So yep. again, I'm not saying that it wasn't a great performance because it certainly was, but there were some elements of it that still in a different game, 26 snaps for J.K. Dobbins could easily be like seven and a half fantasy points yes. as opposed to 18. They were uber efficient snaps super as efficient well. Snaps. Yep. Liz, what do you want to add in on this Baltimore offense? Two things. Next week they see Cleveland, right? Cleveland is notorious for playing the division tight. Cleveland also pretty leaky against um, runs up the middle. So I do feel confident about at least J.K. Dobbins' efficiency because I think Field is completely right. He did seem so much more fresh and explosive this go-around than his first attempt at returning. So I'm not terribly worried about a bunch of volume because you have to imagine this, these are two low-volume teams in terms of passing, right? High-ground high effort um, teams next week. Also, just the, on Mark Andrews, like, of course, the two catches stink, especially when you consider where you drafted him and where you need him. But he did see six looks. And this game featured two backup quarterbacks, as you just noted. So yeah. inefficient, yes. But again, it's tight end, and I'm going to continue to lean towards volume. The process there was right, even if the result sometimes does go sideways. Ugh. Bothersome still. Doesn't feel good, though. Doesn't feel good. Let's talk no. about some quarterbacks. No. Uh, quarterbacks that I'm just not so sure what you can do right now with them. So Sean Watson returned from suspension. Obviously last week was his first game back. He plays the Houston Texans and you would have thought maybe he asserts himself as a top 10 fantasy option. Cause that's where he's been. Are you saying you do? No, I'm going to say to you, and I know you're leading into this, but like I've now seen two weeks of Deshaun Watson. And if you're going to start him next week, you're starting him in a playoff matchup field. Yeah, it's in a Daniel. So like I get it. I, I heard all the excuses for last week rust first game back small sample size atmosphere all those things i heard him but just like two games in they have one offensive touchdown with deshaun watson one yeah and it's like at some point like how long does that last and what's the reason to believe that it just turns around and gets better now here are the saving graces for deshaun watson if you're looking for some they played home the next couple of weeks obviously a much more welcoming atmosphere as opposed to a hostile atmosphere which has been the case in each of his first two games but they played baltimore Good defense. Yep. They play the Saints, who we just saw them last Monday night, played one of their more spirited efforts. I mean, they've had great defensive performances. They're inconsistent as heck, but they do have a lot of defensive talent Yep. at the Commanders. And then at Pittsburgh, who, you know, by hook or by crook, has been putting it together of late. So bottom line is that I think some people 
felt like they kind of had Deshaun Watson lined up. And from week 13 on, they had their quarterback the rest of the way. I'm not sure that's the case. He had 16.3 fantasy points a day, so he did kind of figure it out a little bit. He did have a 33 rushing yard effort, which helps. And he has been that's 54 yards and two games on the ground. That helps a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's been ugly, Daniel. And um, we'll have a conversation this week about whether he's an obvious top 10 play or not. I was just going to say this will be a really interesting week to look at the rankings to be able to figure out where Deshaun Watson falls within that, knowing that you're trusting him here in the first week of the playoffs. And it's not just Deshaun Watson. Dak Prescott falls into that same conversation here because, you know what? He almost doesn't fall into the conversation because he has sort of played himself out of. I shouldn't say that. Dak Prescott has not played himself out of the starting lineup for my fantasy team. The problem is the Cowboys defense is so good and they're running the ball so unbelievably well that Dak just doesn't need to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. That's that's not the recipe for the Cowboys success this year. And so Dak's fantasy value is massively limited because of the way that they are playing football. So here's what I would say. Unfortunately, preseason expectations are what are getting in the way right now for Dak Prescott. Right, you drafted him to be an elite fantasy quarterback. Right. So he's been right. He has been an elite fantasy quarterback. High floor, high ceiling. You're getting a low floor right now. Yeah, you're at a medium floor and a medium ceiling right now. And that's the problem. Is that he's like hanging on by a thread, right? But we're talking about back to back to back games under 17 fantasy points for Dak after three straight good games. You've dealt with the injury already for here for Dak, so it just like. A little bit frustrating is all I would say if you drafted Dak Prescott because he has been in previous seasons capable of carrying your roster for a month straight. He has not had that stretch at all this season. No, but he has had that stretch, unfortunately, for the Dallas Cowboys in real football, yeah. which is great for Dallas, yeah, just not for, great for us in fantasy. I mean, today was obviously a very, very, very it was a different. Win, but still, they got the job Dude. done when it counted most. Zeke Elliott right. plunged in for a touchdown late for the Cowboys. Well, it's really nice because they have both Zeke and Tony Pollard to be able to rely on. And that's nice when Pretty you have good. insurance yeah. back like that. Uh, it is. Geico asks, how would you like to have, uh, how would you like a chance to save some money on insurance, Daniel? I would love it, Field Yates. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. You know, if you're hiring, you know the struggle. Quickly finding the best candidates for your team can seem like an impossible task, but ZipRecruiter makes it easy to find exactly who you're looking for. They're like a talent scout for your team, bringing you the candidates who best fit your needs. Whether it's a civil engineer in New York or a pediatric nurse in Nebraska, an attorney in Colorado, or even a mascot in Missouri. With ZipRecruiter, finding the perfect match is simple. ZipRecruiter makes it easy to find the right person for the job, so let ZipRecruiter narrow down your search. Their powerful matching technology finds the right candidates for you, filter, review, and rates candidates, all from one easy-to-use dashboard. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So whether you're ready to build a winning team, let ZipRecruiter help you build the perfect roster. You can try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com FFF. That is ZipRecruiter.com FFF. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. College football season is heating up, unfortunately winding down as well. And Dr. Pepper and the residents of Fanville, Fansville invite you to revel in another one-of-a-kind year of flexing your foam finger, humming your, humming your school's fight song in your sleep, and thriving on a steady diet of buffalo chicken dip and post-game commentary, all washed down with a rich, delicious Dr. Pepper, of course. Another Saturday is always just around the corner, so make sure your tailgate doesn't turn into a failgate and pick up a case of ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. 
I got to have you come over so you can have some of Rosie's buffalo chicken dip. It it's pretty phenomenal? fantastic. Oh, my gosh. It's so what good. What do you, you most usually dip into the buffalo chicken? Pita chips. Pita chips? Pita chips yeah. specifically because they're thick enough to not break. Mm-hmm. The problem with real chips is that they'll break a lot of times. So you need some of the little, little substance. Okay. Yeah, yeah got to have some integrity behind those chips. Exactly. Speaking of integrity, is, yeah. there any, is there an offense that has more integrity than the Philadelphia Eagles right now, Liz, Liz Loza? What do you think? I think the Eagles are one of the best offenses for fantasy for numerous reasons. Let's start at the top with their quarterback, who has been unstoppable. Jalen Hurts today, 217 passing yards, two touchdowns, plus, oh, 77 and another score on the ground. No No big big deal. deal. Interestingly, you know, I am old enough to remember when Jalen Hurts didn't have a good enough arm to play in the NFL. Well, (laughs) he's managed multi-touchdown through the air games for three straight weeks. In fact, since returning from bye in week seven, he has only had one outing. It was week 11 against uh, Indianapolis where he managed one passing touchdown and that was it. And in that game, he also scored on the ground. So NBD, right? I also love this offense because there is a narrow usage tree. Since Dallas Goddard has been sidelined, Devonta Smith has been blowing up. Last week, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith both cleared 100 yards. This week, they both see similar yardage, find the end zone, and both manage around 17 fantasy points in the ESPN standard scoring format. This is fantastic for fantasy. Oh, and Miles Sanders, uh, I'm sorry he told everyone not to draft him. I hope you didn't listen. I mean... He's been awesome. How good has Miles Sanders been? It's been a ridiculous. massive surprise. Top five in the NFL and rushing. He has been tremendous part of that ridiculous 2023 free agent running back class. All well said there by Liz. And they're just a juggernaut. And Liz, next week, you are allowed to take a week off when the yeah. Bears play the Eagles <laughs> oh, wow. next week. Wow. At Soldier Field, too. That's going to be, be ugly. Tough. Is exactly um yeah. Real quick question for you guys. And Liz, knowing you just talked about this, like, is Justin... Uh, sorry, is um Devontae Smith? No, is Jalen Hurts like the fantasy MVP? Um, just based on where he was drafted, based on how long you could wait, he was one of the few quarterbacks that if you did wait on, yeah, actually did pay Seven off round. for you. So I wonder, like, is there another player that comes to mind? We'll obviously have this conversation later on. Like, he seems like the far and away MVP to me right now. He's certainly in the conversation. I think Austin Eckler would have a pretty strong case as well, just because running backs are so, so valuable. But quarterbacks are as well. Travis Kelsey has a pretty thoughtful conversation surrounding him as the MVP this year. Yeah. I'm on Ross St. Brown was also still drafted pretty late, too. And there's a good examples right there. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's talk about the Bills receiver and some other guys. The whole thing, the whole the whole offense, because, yeah, I mean, shout out. Mike Clay, who does an amazing job with the wide receiver cornerback matchups every single week. Sometimes it's tough to say nice things about Mike, though. It is. It is. It's a little bit bothersome, too. But yeah, the Bills receivers had a tough day today. And this was kind of the perfect storm. So the wintry mix up in Buffalo, which, you know, we've seen offenses move the football in wintry mixes before. So you can't totally change your lineup decisions. But I think the the Bills won the game, to be clear. Yep. 20 to 12. I think the Jets might be the closest team in the NFL to the antidote to the Bills offense. Yep. Because what the Jets can do is they can generate pressure on Josh Allen with four rushers. And because Josh Allen's such a good runner, when you blitz, if he breaks the pocket and gets through pressure, you're screwed. And the Jets can can rush with four, and they've got awesome secondary players. They've got great, great cornerbacks, and they gave the Bills all they could handle today. So just 6.7 fantasy points for Stephon Diggs. 6.1 for Gabe Davis, who draw a lot of Sauce Gardner. And with Gabe Davis, while the volume is still okay, like 
it has not been the ride we were hoping for for Gabe Davis. No, it hasn't. He is now under 12 fantasy points in six of his last seven games. That has been tough. The boom has not been booming. I feel like, and this is one of those things, so we've been talking about it. We'll talk about it more as we get deeper into the week, but we've been saying... This is one of those players you got to keep riding the wave. Once you get into the playoffs, no, I think you're. I think you could potentially get off. You can the, get off the wave. I think. I think, and we sort of suggested that coming into the week. I had him as a as a sit, whatever. You know, I do a Sports Center segment every every Sunday morning. Who's your avoid player of the weekend? Mine was Gabe Davis. Like, not all of them have hit, so I, I'm not trying but, to sit here and tell you I'm batting a thousand percent. We but had still, Gabe like, Davis in the 30s in a week with six teams on a bye, right. and already having had a game on Thursday night. Obviously, like he was still like wide receiver 31 on my board coming yep. in today. So. Yep. Um, yeah, it's been tough, but there's no, I don't think there's a major takeaway for Stephon Diggs. I think the interesting part though, in this offense, Liz is the backfield as oh, yeah. remember when it was supposed to be the changing of the guard. And now it's James cook to quote Lee Corso. <laughs> Not so fast, my friends. <laughs> well, it, it isn't, it isn't because if it may not be James Cook, but it's also not Devin Singletary, right? His touch count sure. has decreased over the past four weeks from 20 to 15 to 13 to nine, eight carries for 39 yards and one catch for four yards. That's the nine that we're at right now. So James Cook did not go out and slay, but neither did Devin Singletary. Cook had four carries for six yards, one catch for nine yards. You didn't really want either of these running backs. And what was particularly interesting, I think, is that when you looked at the weather conditions at home, at Orchard Park, you would expect there to be much more rushing. But, you know, it it didn't really go that way. Um, You made the point early in the season that even when the Bills should and could, but again should, run, they're going to pass. And, you know, this is, I think, more evidence of that. Sometimes you just have games like that and it is really frustrating when it is when it works out this way because we were really excited. We talked about yeah. James Cook and the 20 opportunities that he had last week. Are we going to see any I, of it yeah, here I this week? I it, right? Like, I, I just, before we get in, like, we've seen this before on a couple of occasions. So I think, yeah, while Liz is correct, it's not Devin Singletary. I think, though, that there was a groundswell of support suggesting that, oh, James Cook has turned the corner and it could be more of him going forward. And he's a really good player and he has a bright future in Buffalo. But they're committed to a committee. Do you feel like it, when I look at the Jets backfield and I want to move over to them? This one's different. I think I, I look at Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter and we talk about a committee there and I see somebody I, and I realize Michael Carter was banged up all week, came yeah. into this week questionable, but they clear in a way gave Bam Knight a ton of usage again here on the ground and it feels like he's not someone that's going to go away in this offense. Correct. And he's the guy that even though he played three fewer snaps than Michael Carter, when he's playing, he's getting featured. Yep. So he had 34 snaps today, did Bam Knight. He had 19 opportunities, 17 carries and two catches on 34 snaps. So more than 50% of the time when he's in the game, he's getting the ball. So uh, he looks like the real deal too, like just a good, solid player. Robert Sala just can't stop saying nice things about this guy. You can tell how much he loves him. And going forward, he's just running back. You want to roster. It's not even, it's like not even close. And so I do want to roster him, but I do want to say, because we talked about this earlier on in the show, this upcoming week, they're going to get the Detroit Lions. And better, I think with yep, that little yep. bit of a running back by committee, understanding that there are no teams on a bye, Bam is just going to be a little bit lower down that list. But somebody, if you need to, we'll see how uh, injuries work out, too. Yeah, I this. just would say that, like, you know, there was a time this year where, you know, maybe James Robinson takes over for Brees Hall. No, it looks like Bam Knight's the guy. That's he is be, the guy. If I had to play one Jets running back, to me, it is pretty clearly 
Bam Knight, who separated apart from the opportunities, just looks good. Like he really does. Good looking young player who is functional in the passing game, good runner, powerful, not exactly blow away speed, but he deserves the opportunities he is getting. Even in a tough matchup next week, he'll be on my flex radar for sure. 100%. All right, let's talk about one more team here. And it's Stefania's 49ers, Liz. Yes. Well, just a quick update, Liz. Uh, Debo Samuel has a, what they think is probably a high ankle sprain, according to Kyle Shanahan. Not a break. Um, but, you know, high ankle sprain, not exactly one that you're back from within a week or two. Maybe the rest of this regular season. Onward. To yeah. Liz. We watched Brock Purdy just look fantastic, it seemed like, in this game. Is there any chance that you're really thinking about maybe Brock Purdy could be fantasy useful down the stretch here, Liz? Well, I'm a little less interested in him next week, and here's why. Brock Purdy looked like a quarterback that had very little tape available on him to scheme against in one of the most friendly schemes offensively from one of the best quarterback minds, you know, of our time. So I wasn't particularly surprised. Like, what are you expecting from Kyle Shanahan, you know? I, I yes, it was impressive, but also let's think rationally about this. How else? Uh, how else is the opposition supposed to scheme? We know he's going to be in a friendly position. I think to me, what was less interesting than the 185 yards and the two touchdowns was well, he also did rush the ball uh, and manage a touchdown on the ground. That I thought was cool, but more than his performance, I thought it was interesting that. Brandon Ayuk did not have his name called until Debo Samuel exited this game. And that was something we discussed earlier, was what is going to happen in terms of the targets here. And I was a little bit worried that without Jimmy Garoppolo vibing with him, Ayuk might see a dip. And it did see, he didn't, you know, he ended up catching two of three for 57 and he caught a touchdown, but that's not volume I like. And I'm not sure the connection here with Purdy is going to be solid. Now, if Debo is missing, let's say four to six weeks, then... That's a different story, but that also kind of makes Ayuk, I, I think, more fantasy friendly with because of Debo's absence rather than because of chemistry within an offense that is surging. Yeah, and, and I think all of that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I am with you, though, on the fear with the fact that it was up until that point. We had not heard Brandon Ayuk's name, and guess what? Still only two catches after that point, so there is He's some chemistry that has though. to be built. He's going to have to be busy to. them. And by the way, it's, it's actually a good matchup this Thursday night they play. And I think with Purdy, like, uh, it's a, an amazing story. What like just I love just like sports stories, and oh, we've gotten man. two great ones in the NFC West specifically this week. Like Baker Mayfield, former no, former number one overall pick, cast off, short week, forty eight hours, leads his epic comeback. Uh, Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, last pick in the draft this past year, and first start ever going up against Tom Brady and they just lay waste to the Buccaneers like a great sports story um 21 passing attempts and 21.6 fantasy points that's an awfully efficient ratio right there for Brock Purdy so probably not quite on my you know streaming quarterback radar but I tell you what Christian McCaffrey on Thursday night might set the record for fantasy points they play the Seahawks who cannot stop anybody on the ground right now they have just been so bad defending the run of late and if no Debo Samuels available. No Elijah Mitchell. Yep. We'll see some of Jordan Mason, maybe Tyrion Davis Price as well. But it's going to be the CMC show this Thursday night. Cannot wait for that one. The Fortnite's just look so good right now. But that would take them one step closer to an NFC West title. I feel like looking Mike at Mike it basically. How I mean, and for these for this 49ers team. I'm pumped for Stefania. Yeah. We're, we're getting really lucky here on Aww. Fantasy Focus with some of our teams this year. Stefania is going to be 
so gleeful on yeah. Tuesday when she's back on the show. Yeah. Eat Mike Minnesota. with the Eagles and Stefania with the 49ers. And Lions. The Lions are doing some How great things. How about the Lions? And <laughs> the Bears have a top five pick hey. next year. Yeah. So That's their own top five pick. Well, no. I, I don't, I don't mind right. knowing that we have a quarterback. Yep. I do not mind the Bears losing. It was fun to watch Baker Mayfield win in Los Angeles. And... Future's you know, bright. it's all part the of the game. Bright, so Liz. I am happy to let you guys have all of these victories for your home teams. Well, Fiona, I, wait a second. How how are the um how are the Patriots doing? Oh, I don't really get a. They're six and six. So I don't get like a um, like as much of a home team tag as the two teams that I work for, the the Chiefs and the Patriots. And it's like, oh, so the most successful franchise of the past twenty yeah. years and the most successful <laughs> yeah, yeah. franchise for the next twenty years, like. <laughs> pretty pretty great pickings right pretty, there. So pretty lucky a, for you. So peacock I'm, friend, you I'm deserve neutral. to peacock that. Hey, I'm, I'm as no, far I'm as I'm neutral. concerned, you are on the Lions bandwagon with it, with our Michigan men group. That's yeah, why yeah, I'm, shout out to Michigan men. That's right. Shout out to them. East All right, and here we are talking Sunday night football, Liz. This was supposed to be a shootout where a ton of points were scored between the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers. And instead of that, I feel like we watched Tua Tungavailoa complete, like, I don't know, what, like eight passes? Eight passes for the entire night? Is that about right? Ten. Ten. Ten? Close. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't super fun. What were your big takeaways from watching the Dolphins tonight? Let's start on that well, side. You're right, because when we recorded the Wednesday pod, I was still in Bristol. At that point, the highest over-under for the week was the – Detroit Lions Vikings game and that game delivered though the um though the point projected total moved down to like 51 this one meanwhile Dolphins Chargers went up to 53 I know that I suggested a lot of people start uh different players in this matchup because I kept seeing the over under rise 17-23 I hope people played the under because 40 was the total uh my biggest takeaway was that Justin Herbert is good at football. That shouldn't be a takeaway. I'm not quite sure why it's so controversial, but my man was dealing throughout this game. He was calm. He was working through his progressions. The O-line was not an issue because he knew when to run. He could feel pressure. In fact, here's a fun stat because Miami was bringing all of it. 26 blitzes faced for Herbert. That's the most in a game in his career. He is 15 of 24 for 133 yards and eight first downs against the Dolphins blitz, which is evidence of how he was just feeling himself. And here's the giant asterisk. Not only is he fully healthy now, but his biggest playmakers are as well. Kudos to Mike Clay for this tweet. It appears as though Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are in fact better than DeAndre Carter and Michael Bandy. Yeah, they just look like a completely different team with Mike Williams, who had another Mike Williams type of game, over 100 yards and a touchdown. And then you look at Keenan Allen, Liz, and Keenan Allen had literally a Keenan Allen type of game. Yeah. Like 12 catches for 90-plus yards. I mean, these two wide receivers absolutely helped elevate this offense Josh Palmer did fall back into that third spot like we had talked about with both of these wide receivers being healthy and I felt like he would fall back into that role. Uh, but it's not just about the receiving core here, Liz. I mean, Austin Eckler also had a pretty decent night here for the Chargers as well. Well, the beautiful thing about Austin, obviously, is that he sees so much work in the passing game, even, even when 
Alan and Williams are both healthy. I mean, he converted all eight of his looks. I love efficiency for 59 yards. And he saw another 15 carries for 45 and an awesome rushing touchdown in which Chris Collinsworth admitted that he was too little to have the kind of power that he does, but he just burrows and burrows and burrows and finds his way through different holes and, and like over tacklers three times his size. So Austin is a stud and eight catches in the, like imagine if you had a running back that had eight catches and then also got like six carries, you'd be thrilled. You'd be like, Oh, that's great. Okay. I'll take that. No, 15 carries as well. Correct. Unbelievable amounts of opportunity, excuse me. And I think that's part of, you know, Field talks about, you know, he's in that MVP conversation because of his utilization across the board, his volume, high volume across the board, his passing game work across the board. Austin Eckler is just always a stud every single week. Let's talk about the Dolphins, though, really quickly, um, because I don't know what, what, what much else there is to say about the Chargers here. But for the Dolphins, Tua looked bad. Um, I like, mean, do I need to say more than in that? my house are breaking. You can hear like <laughs> things falling off the shelves in my house when you mentioned it. So I think that that's like the universe and vibes just answering for you. Um, even my, like, even my decorations, even my Christmas decorations are falling over when you mentioned to, um, so yeah, 10 of 28, 145 and one touchdown. He was sacked twice. This is a blow, right? Like the argument heading into last week's game, obviously a big revenge spot for McDaniel as well, was it was going to be a test for Tua, right? He had knocked off a bunch of tomato cans. He was managing, I think, like almost eight yards per attempt up until that point. And then we shrugged our shoulders and said his O-line was banged up and, you know, there was a lot going on and that defense was tough. And now we got the Chargers and like, on prime time, did not produce in a, a big spot, even though if I'm going to say that Herbert was able to deal because he had all these playmakers healthy, like Tyreek Hill had a very interesting touchdown, very heads up play that only accounted for six points. Um, Tyreek Hill only converted four of 10 for 81. And then that weird, dare I say, fluky touchdown at the top. Jalen Waddle basically invisible two catches for 31 yards and Jeff Wilson who I really thought was in a bounce back spot like I I thought that last week's Mostert siding was more I don't know more of a mirage or mind games or some McDaniel trying to make Shanahanigans for his old boss Um, and I think I was right until until um, Wilson exited with a hip injury but like the Dolphins just came in flat. I wonder if if I'm gonna make them uh, if I'm gonna make an excuse for the Dolphins, like maybe they played their Super Bowl last week. But that's I think that's really kind of stretching for them. Yeah, yeah. This Dolphins team has not looked in sync the way that they were firing on all cylinders earlier this year. And Jalen Waddle, basically, as you said, being non-existent. I can't happen. That just can't happen in this offense, especially if you're going to lose Jeff Wilson, if he's going to exit the game in spite of Raheem Mostert being the guy that he is like, you know, you've got to get him involved. And so this is, this will be something to see the way that the Dolphins respond to this game and this loss to the Los Angeles chargers. 
but I like, I don't know what, what else to really say about it. I'm still going to start Jalen Waddle. I'm still going to have him ranked of course. very high next week. You know, we're going to keep starting Tyreek Hill if, and we'll see with this backfield, I guess, where Jeff Wilson lands. We'll listen to Stefania um, and the injury report with how everything falls out, but tough game, tough game for the tough Dolphins game. tonight. It's tricky. It's tricky next week too, because the Dolphins travel to Orchard Park and play on Saturday. So short mm. week against, you know, uh, a, a pretty good defense there. A pretty um, good defense. Yeah. <laughs> and different, different climate certainly than, uh, mm-hmm. than Southern Florida. Yeah, definitely. All right. That's going to do it for tonight. That is going to almost wrap up week 14. We have a Monday night football uh, game tomorrow night in which we are talking. Oh my gosh. It's the Cardinals, Liz. And it is the Patriots. Oh my gosh. I just, I'm, I'm so ready. My brain is fried at the end of this week. I'm ready to be on to to playoffs, um, which is crazy. All right, that's going to do it for us. We will be back on Tuesday. Me, Field, Stefania, Mike Clay, breaking down everything you needed about the waiver wire. We'll bring in our buddy, Eric Moody, to talk about the waiver wire. We will break down Monday Night Football. It's going to be a really fun week. We're talking playoffs. We're talking like actual fantasy playoffs here coming up this week. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Please don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned that. We can't wait to see you on Tuesday. Thank you for hanging out with us, not just all season, but also for this week as we head into the depths of the fantasy playoffs. We will see you guys on Tuesday. It's no secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through. With the hippest beard, I'm telling you.